It was probably like demolished. Mm-hmm. It was ground zero, Vader apocalypse down there. Yeah. So like he had to get some sort of new prosthetic. So I imagine it came with like settings. Yeah. Like so some like, sort of like yeah, yeah adjustable, customizable some sort of gyro. Yeah. Hitachi Stupid. magic wand type thing. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Darth Vader. <laughs> this is, this is never, never, I mean, actually, his love life might have been better after that. You never know. Yeah. Well, like, it would also be awkward to, like, imagine Vader just having, like, a NRB, just, like, in the middle of, like, <laughs> a meeting. Just, like, oop. <laughs> no reason, robot boner. <laughs> NRR. NRRB. <laughs> old lightsaber's acting up again. Got to adjust the lens, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, the only thing we don't have to adjust is the fact that this is TMBC. Welcome back to the Watchtower today. My name is Jason, and I am here with my uh, fill-in co-host and possibly third guest on future episodes, my buddy Josh. Oh, wait. Oops. Oh, my gosh. You muted me? I muted you. Immediately rejected. (laughs) Future third star, I doubt. Damn it. I can't believe I did that, actually. (laughs) Oh, this guy won't be important. I I mean, well, we were were both muted, and then I I only unmuted myself on accident. Anyway. Josh, that's me. He, uh, <laughs> I've recently helped on Savage Lands, so you have seen a couple episodes back. You made. were on the uh, the Superman Two episode Ooh. of Savage Land. That's that's where you can recognize this sultry voice. From. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he's this. So this is not your your TMBC cherry because you've already popped it on the Savage Land. Oh, <laughs> that was the exact phrase I was going to use. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was that was fun, man. That's actually a fun little fact. That's our second most popular episode on on uh, the old Savage Land. Ooh, so yeah, let, uh, let me go ahead and brush the dust, uh, the chip of the old block off yeah, my shoulder here. You really should. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it's no small feat. The Savage Land's got some pretty powerhouse episodes. Uh, um, but how how you doing, man? Fill me fill me in on what you've been doing lately. Um, I have been wasting my social life. I should not say wasting. I've been using. Every last hour I have of my social life on the Battlefront beta Ooh. because that was amazing and I now have Isn't it? I have now new reason to live. I know it's 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 really cool. So so walk me walk, walk me and the listening audience or or the listening audience via me walk us through what is available and and what uh the beta consists of. Well, the biggest thing is that they only allow one multiplayer map, which is Hoth, the most famous battle, in my opinion, on any Star Wars fan's agenda. Uh-huh. And it's just so large, so much more active, so much more just action-packed than it ever was before in one or two. Explosions everywhere, a bunch of different guns, a bunch of different vehicles, mm-hmm. very much um, organic, yeah. evolving and then they have a lot of new um, game types, which are much more like Counter-Strike types, you know, defuse bombs, sort of yeah. things. So it's very much a new take on a very similar, very new um, universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I. So, I mean, you and I 
you and I basically grew up playing the first two Battlefront games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Basically, any time I was over at your house, we played that freaking game, especially Battlefront 2. Yes, yes. We played that a lot. So, I mean, for for those of you listening and wondering, Josh and I are cousins. We we grew up together. Um, That's a secret, (laughs) Kelly Q. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, those games, like Battlefront 2, compared to the new Battlefront, is like night and day. It is. It really is. It's unreal. I mean, not only just the increase in graphics and, and the, the gameplay, the gameplay in this new Star Wars is really, it's like if you were to take Call of Call of Duty and Halo and then just put a Star Wars skin over it. Yeah, exactly. I would actually throw in a bit of Titanfall as well. Yeah? Especially with the action cards you can get and just how the, the jump and uh, jetpack mechanic works. Also, at the same time, um, what was I going to say? Good heavens! I just get so excited about this game. the the jet The jetpack is one thing that I love, like it because it's it's done so well um, that I like I I, just, I can't get enough of it, you know? Because you just it's the graphics, the rush, like it's how just it, so it's realistic, so yeah. so very Star Wars realistic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was comparing jetpacks the other day, and this one actually does have the G force of a normal. Yeah, I know, I know, totally. It compares to real jetpacks really well. Well, I think the most interesting thing, to cut you off, the most yeah, interesting no, thing about it is it really shows just how far gaming itself has come since the last release of a Battlefront title. Yes, holy just, crap. Oh my goodness, you can see how games of other genres, other companies have really just upped the ante since that second Battlefront 2 in like, what, 2004, 2005? Yeah, something like, it's, it's been years. 10 years, yeah. And it, so. that, that's the crazy thing too is like ten years in video game time is a freaking that's an eternity. It is. That's that's declared dead. Yeah, it really it really is. Like it's so it's so nuts just how much more they were able to to develop and 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 make into a game like this in mm-hmm. just ten years. Yeah, and EA reported nine million users on launch day of the <sighs> beta. Nine million. Wow. That's that's Call of Duty week. Yeah. Level. So it will it will almost be ten years to the day when Battlefront is released because Star Wars Battlefront two was released on October thirty first, two thousand five. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It will be ten years. I wonder if they plan that just like mm, a decade anniversary for this big of an announcement. Is it so is the new one let's see, the new Star Wars Battlefront was uh is it going to be released okay, November seventeenth, twenty fifteen. So okay. basically just two weeks after ten years. Dang. Wow! Dang, dang, that's unreal, man. I, uh, I, we're getting old. <laughs> I know we really are. It was ten years ago that this game came out, and we were growing up playing it. Um, but I mean, I. Uh, so one thing that I loved about it was the heroes. So that because I mean, mm-hmm. we. You remember on Battlefront Two the Moss Eisley level? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Moss Eisley was always the most fun level for sure. Uh, Moss Eisley, uh, by the way, is a level where all the heroes available in the game can all play at once with each character taking over their favorite or their least favorite villain or hero. Exactly. So it's it's all Jedi, Sith, or, or basically it's all stars. You know, it's well, all the honest, main Let's be honest, it's a characters. bunch of Boba Fetts and Darth Mauls running around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love, by the way, Darth Maul is by far the best, the oh, best yeah. character to play in oh, that yeah. game. Oh, yeah. That's Easy. why I say that. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, no, so we, uh, we, you know, we would always play that. And, like, the mechanics in that game were pretty good. You know, I mean, with the, mm, yeah. with the lightsabers and stuff like that. Like, considering 05. Yeah, considering it was, it was that early. 
but the mechanics of the lightsaber fights in this game very different are insane. So well, it's so much more satisfying to be a hero. But yes. before it was a bit of a liability. Yeah. Can I afford it on the troop scale? You know, whatever. Yep. 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 And so now it's like, oh, I have that chance to be Luke Skywalker, and I get to hunt down these different people that are causing trouble over here and over here, and then you get into this gridlock battle between the opposing hero, or I guess in this case, Vader. Yeah, yeah. And it would just be these much more just living encounters rather than just tap R as fast as you can. I hope that you don't. That was all. That was the only <laughs> strategy that, that involved it in uh, in Battlefront Two. Just like, come on, R R R R R R R R R, hit him, hit him, hit him. Or if you're really sneaky, you would jump and then attack or, you know. Yes. Some sort of extra creative approach. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, Battlefront is looking super promising. Yeah. There are uh, double the pre-orders that they, uh, that they had before the beta. That's so insane. Yeah, but, no, uh, I'm definitely pre-ordering it. I'm pre-ordering it oh, from, yeah. from Walmart and getting that freaking Han Solo fridge, man. Oh, yeah. I'm actually looking at it right now. So you get the Battlefront Deluxe Edition, which I don't know what's extra on that. Um, uh, Battlefront underwear? Yeah, I guess. Um, but then, but then you get the mini fridge, and it's. I mean, yeah, it's one twenty nine instead of uh, whatever it is, sixty bucks. That's a cheap mini fridge, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a cheap mini fridge, and I mean, yeah, it's a small mini fridge. But you're also getting you're also getting Battlefront. So well, I, I'm saying I you're getting you're getting a mini fridge, which is normally what hundred bucks. Yeah, about for and then also a sixty dollar game. I mean, that's that's cheap by the way. Yeah. I know exactly. Plus the fact that solo. <laughs> yeah, you can take that fridge and put it on your on your desk or in your house or whatever, and then now, everyone's jealous of you. Now, for me, I can cosplay every day as Jabba the Hutt, and it'll be quite accurate now. Yes, it's perfect. <laughs> 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 now all you got to do is just find somebody to dress up as Slave Leia all the time, and, and then you'll be good. <laughs> I just had a nasty image of my brother in that. <laughs> I need some bleach. I'm gonna wash my brain in bleach right now. <laughs> So, so Josh, the the something we were talking about earlier, and you you kind of told me about this before, um, but you've got you've got a kind of crazy theory, <laughs> right? Um, Which one? <laughs> so this one this one kind of pertains to uh, to Superman. So uh, yeah, you told me once that that you knew how to kill Superman. Yes, enlighten me. Well. It all it all began. There I was. Um, what's another cliche way to open a story? <laughs> Once upon a time. Ah, oh, there it is. There long, it is. long ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> I was I was wondering, you know, why Superman always wins his fights? How does he always win his fights? Mm-hmm. And I figure it's because his powers are both versatile and direct. And so I eventually figured out, you know, what are his weaknesses? And obviously, Lex Luthor isn't around because he's, you know, a B-list villain. He's obviously the best at what he does. Yeah. So I imagined, you know, what would Lex Luthor do if he became extremely desperate? If okay. he was on a timeline, if he was doing it for someone or something that he really cared about. Mm-hmm. And so I came up with a scenario that is as follows. Okay. So Lex Luthor gets um, cancer from all the years of his exposure to kryptonite. Mm-hmm. He's which, given, yeah, which, which is plausible. It's been done yeah, before. Well, yeah, it's been done before. Yep. And so he figures, well, one, I can't use kryptonite for this because it's already killing me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to switch my game up. Okay. So he, he liquefies his company. He's figuring, I'm dying in six months. Okay. I don't care about my company anymore. I care about being remembered as a hero. Okay. So due to his previous experiences with the League of Evil or whatever it was called. Yeah, the, uh, the Legion of Doom. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? <laughs> Basically. 
extraordinary gents and uh, otherwise villainous people. <laughs> um, he calls up a few people that he knows have had a bit more success okay. with dealing with people like Superman, whether it be Superboy, Supergirl, or Crypto, the super canine animal creature. Okay. Which with whatever, they all have varying weaknesses. But he notices a couple of different things. One, they have super hearing. That's how they always respond. So yeah. his first priority is getting somebody that is a telepath so they can make their plan. He's, you know, I would imagine this comic book, if it were ever portrayed as such, would be sort of like a heist-themed, very much like an Ant-Man movie. That's cool. A bit more, I don't know, I don't want to say comedy, but much more of a lighthearted sort of like... Michael Pena is somehow involved. <laughs> okay. So you're making a Michael Pena real cool. Michael cool. Pena as a I'm as down. I'm, I'm down for more Michael Pena. He's awesome. Uh, he's my favorite right now. Absolutely. Uh, so I'd imagine a much more lighthearted or a much more heist-themed movie okay. where it's all about the sting. So first thing is how they make the plan. Okay. Superman, obviously, if he hears his name dropped like this is how we kill Superman, he would get a little bit perturbed. Yeah, he'd probably, probably hear that. So the first part... Is getting that telepath. Okay. Now, Lex Luthor doesn't want to involve anybody that he doesn't have to. So he has to get somebody who's a telepath and then operates as somebody else. Okay. So I'm thinking, I can't remember her name, but in the Justice League cartoons, there is this woman who is in the League of Evil. Yeah, the Legion of Doom. The Legion of Doom. Jeez. I know. The Legion of Doom. And she <laughs> like has a thing for Grodd for a while, but then when Lex takes over, she goes with him. Okay. And I don't know her name, but I know that she has both those powers. Okay. So that's his first recruit. Okay. He walks up to her and says, hey, how would you like $15 million? Or something outlandish. She, yeah, she, she'll probably take that. And then he moves on to the next person. He okay. needs somebody. Next part of the plan is he needs somebody to extract some Kryptonian DNA. Okay. And what he's going to do here is he's going to make a virus. He's going to reverse engineer a virus with Kryptonian DNA that would only affect Superman. He releases it during a battle in space where the Kryptonian virus would be sterilized and in its pure form. Okay. So that he could be able to insert this virus or be able to sicken Superman with his virus at this point. Okay. Which would eventually freak out Superman a little bit. I would imagine Superman has never been sick before. Yeah. So having his power drained by something he doesn't understand would impair his judgment for the future part of the plan. Okay. Enter the next person. Now, not a huge um, exploited weakness, but a weakness nonetheless of Superman's is that he has a weakness to magic. Yep. So the next person would obviously be some sort of magician, which I would imagine would be, again, that woman from the Legion of Doom. Okay. And then the lastly is they need somebody who can absorb radiation. And this is where I think is somebody out of the Justice League, Captain Atom. Really? Someone who may have had questions with Superman in the past, also expressed in the Justice League cartoon, mm -hmm. who, you know, after a troubling career in the military as a now freak of nature mm -hmm. and having been bested by Superman at the time acting outside of Earth's interests, his career and his future are draining, okay. circling the drain. And so Lex Luthor offers him a deal. $45 million. All I need you to do is escort me into space and absorb all that yellow sun radiation from Superman mm -hmm. and then block him from getting any more. That's all I want you to do. You don't have to raise any sort of finger against the guy. Okay. So then we come back to the virus. Okay. So this person, I would imagine, I don't know anybody in the actual universe that could do this, but I'm imagining something similar to Star-Lord. 
Similar to Star-Lord, so you're talking... Somebody that can just go out there, be this Han Solo sort of comic relief role. So it's, you know, we're plotting to kill Superman, the most iconic member of DC Universe. Mm-hmm. Let's throw in a couple jokes. Okay. Um, let's see. You could always get... Uh... Oh, let's see. There's... Come back to me. on. I'll, I'll, I'll cast that role for sure. All right. Here we go. Okay. And so this is where we pick up on the story. Now that we've gotten the background out of the way, this is, this is how the frames would go or how the scenes would go. So we pick up on a very sick-looking uh, Lex Luthor. Okay. He's in his high-rise. He's looking over the city. You pan up on his face, gaunt, just disgusting-looking. I, I mean, what hair he may have had is now mm-hmm. just like a scalp peeling away. His skin looks like it's just falling off. He is literally just flesh and bones. Basically, basically, he looks like uh, like someone grow like like Jesse Eisenberg or someone. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> anyway, keep going. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, his green suit doesn't fit so good anymore. All this other stuff. He looks gross. Mm-hmm. He then walks over to this like 1990s looking phone because for some reason, no matter what they do, no matter how car- how many cartoons they make, they still have these nasty looking phones. Picks up this phone, calls up his crew. Okay. Now, they use code words. In this one, they, they give it the code word, exit gala. Okay. And so, they arrange this this meeting in honor of Superman and the Justice League for having survived forementioned, you know, attack in space where yeah. Superman got sick. Now, this is in that same timeline where Lex is trying to act like a good person. So, mm-hmm. since he's been setting all this up, he's been buying charities. He's been rebuilding the cities. He's been doing all this stuff so that he looks... Like a better person than he really is. Mm-hmm. So he has a lot of uh, street cred, you might say. Of course. So all this is to appeal to the public mind, the lures in the Justice League, mm-hmm. and that's where they take off with the next portion. That's when okay. the attack takes place. Okay. Magician rolls up in the place, blasts him a couple times to get his attention. The Justice League are all there. She then dispatches the Justice League with some sort of like super teleportation. Okay. Some type of like zero dimension zone, something to separate him from them. Their big concern is Batman. Okay. Batman will be able to link all of this together and figure out where they're going. So, where they are going is that when Superman gets separated in his weakened state of being sick, mm-hmm. Captain Adam steps out of nowhere, either disguised or not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Not sure what would be more dramatic. Okay. He steps out and immediately starts doing his job. Superman, as he's walking towards a sickened Lex Luthor, begins to stagger and trip onto the ground and vomits at Lex Luthor's feet. Now Lex Luthor bends down, and all he says at this point, those are my favorite alligator skin shoes. <sighs> I can't imagine any other, like, disgusting green animal that Lex Luthor would wear. Uh-huh. So, picks up Superman with his fist, and then he gets teleported. Now, the magic person slash the space pirate, whoever, mm-hmm. is keeping them alive in space with this sort of, like, field. Okay. So they're near this red star... That depletes Yeah, his the, yep, Red Star. Okay. I always get them mixed up. And there they are. This whole team, and you, it has to be very quickly. Batman's already on the case. They're on a clock. They have to get this done quickly. Yeah. So, Captain Adam has to follow Superman into the sun as he is kicked towards the sun. Captain Adam has to be the one to push him in the sun, which is, you know, kind of this point of friction for Lex Luthor and Captain Adam. Yeah. Captain Adam is like, whoa, man, I didn't sign up for this. Mm-hmm. Lex Luthor is like, $45 million says you did. Um, get pushing. Yeah. So they, they follow him up as close as they can get. And right at the moment where 
Captain Adam is going to throw him in. Uh-huh. Lex looks at him and he says, You were the monument to all of mankind's weaknesses. You are the reason why mankind will never evolve. You are the reason we will need a savior. And this is what I say to you. Keep your redemption. Keep your... Keep your salvation. Mm -hmm. And you can go to the hell which you came from. And that's when he puts his barf-covered foot all over Superman's face and begins the push. Captain Adam then, you know, has this point of where... You know, do I need the money? Do mm-hmm. I need to be able to care for my family more? Or do I care for Superman more? Mm-hmm. And as he's sitting there holding it, I imagine this sort of like really quick flashback to where Superman is beating the crap out of Captain Adam to where he's that deflated radiation suit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Captain Adam says to himself, yeah, I think, I think I'm good. Yeah, 45 million sounds like a great exchange for moral code. Yeah. And then it's this slow scene, no dialogue, no text at all. It's the scene of a couple panels where eventually Captain Adam is holding a disintegrating Superman in the red sun with just Superman's eyes staring right back into his. And then the only thing that comes out is why. So we fast forward a couple weeks, find yeah. Captain Adam in a bar. You know, everybody's like, what the heck are you doing here? Yeah. No text, no explanation, just a couple scenes of him drinking his whatever. Uh-huh. Go to the magician. She's living the high life. Go to the space pirate. He's doing something ridiculous, left like a ghetto Mexican van in space or something. <laughs> okay. Yet again, a more comic relief. And then yeah, you yeah. see Lex Luthor. He's in bed. He's got an EKG machine. He's got all this stuff going on. Uh-huh. And he sits there, and he looks over at this little stone, like tablet that he keeps on his night table yeah and all it has on it is just a date and a time and that is the exact date and time that superman died and he smiles to himself and he says we're saved yet at last and he dies now how the comic would end would be with batman going on a huge chase across the galaxy finding these people involved killing Mm -hmm. them or whatever Mm -hmm. you know basically you trade batman for superman and it comes to be this big you know does batman really care for superman or does batman really agree with what lex luthor agrees because at the end of the day isn't that the premise for batman versus superman is that not the same argument that's fair and so that would be how the comic would end is somehow this one-off comic, because I don't imagine, like, I don't really want to, like, oh, well, Superman survived you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or, like, the Entity brought him back, or, you know. Yeah, just be in Elseworld. Lantern. World. Yeah. A White Lantern? <laughs> white Lantern, I'll take care of this right quick. <laughs> That's, does happen a lot. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me clean this up for you. Yeah, Kyle Rayner come in and mm, fix our mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you, you can pitch the hell out of a story, I'll tell you that much. Jeez. That's good. Well, that's uh, that's free. Uh, <laughs> nope, copyright, copyright, Jason and Josh. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're we're going to make that one. Watchtower, yeah. TMBC. Copyright TMBC Productions. <laughs> Although I guess we can't even copyright that since this is DC Comics <laughs> yeah, character. Yeah, that's ours now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so so you were talking about um, the idea behind uh, behind Batman v Superman, um, and we're you know we're now less than six months away from the release of that movie. Indeed. Um, you know, there have been a lot of rumors come out. There have been a lot of, you know, even trailers and teasers. Um, what what do you think that, that we'll see in this movie? What, what do you think the, the movie is going to be about? Well, what they're portraying already 
because uh, I'm not I'm not an expert on either Superman or Batman. Mm-hmm. But what they're portraying is um, with Ben Affleck, they're portraying this you know grade olden Batman who has I think what they're trying to portray is kind of done it all. Mm-hmm. Gotham is saved. And so now he looks at this devastation of Metropolis, which I would imagine would be like New York City mm-hmm. in, you know, in our world. Yeah. The most populated city in our country. And he's like, mm, that's a little too dangerous. That's, you know, probably thousands died. All because you had beef with this random other dude who had your exact same powers. Okay. Who's to say that won't happen again? There were three of them that came. Are there going to be more? I mean, yeah. you're already still here. You killed them. You can shoot laser beams out of your eyes. Who's really my next threat? Who's really the biggest problem? The Joker busting out of prison again and, you know, going on a clown frenzy? <laughs> or Superman, a guy who can blow up the planet if he, you know, sneezes wrong? Yeah. He sneezes with his eyes open. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens if you sneeze with your eyes open. You destroy the earth. <laughs> you destroy the earth. <laughs> Duh. This has been in front of us this whole time. <laughs> so I'd cool. imagine also the reverse side to that would be Sort of this continuation of a mentorship with um, Superman, with Lois Lane, with Ma Kent, with other people that are supporting him. Mm-hmm. And I'd imagine it would just come to this battle where it's not so much you know this big fist fight, mm-hmm. but this battle of morals. Who's really right in the end? Sort of similar to what they brought out in um, Age of Ultron. Yeah. You know, do you do you solve the problem before it begins? Or do you solve the actual problem? Yeah, do you, do you react or do you proact? And I think that's a very common theme throughout all of comics, mm-hmm. is you have those people who try to Tony Stark their way out of problems. Yeah. And it usually creates more, but at the same time, it creates people like Vision, yep. who, you know, in the movies, you know, it's a bit strange how he was introduced. and <laughs> But at the same time, yeah. he, he brings something, I can't remember the exact quote, but he essentially... It was, it was in the scene where he picks up Thor's hammer and he just hands it to him. It oh, was, yeah, yeah. It was in that little speech. I can't remember exactly what he said, but uh, the gist of what he said is that does it really matter where the problem is so long as we have the power to save people? Mm-hmm. Who's really right? Who's really wrong? Yeah. We're the heroes. It's our job. Yeah. That's what so, we do. And so I think that's going to be the end of the movie. After the, you know these really cool fight scenes, after the Suicide Squad teaser... Because <laughs> they they sure keep their set on lockdown. Yeah, I know. Jeez, practically <laughs> seen the movie already. I know. I've seen so much out of that movie. <laughs> I'm still excited about it, though. I know. <laughs> I mean, then again, all I needed to be excited was you know that picture of Harley Quinn. I know, right? We <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. And so, as far as I'm concerned, the movie will consist of a couple different stages. You know, it'll be the the introduction stage because Superman and Batman need an introduction for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Would it be Batman, I guess, cruising the streets looking for hoes? I don't know. Yeah, you know, he's just he's what, just looking to pick up some hoes. I, what crime does he fight anymore? Like, anyone's still out there? Like, have <laughs> <laughs> you seen my monocle? I'm going to take over Gotham. I don't know. Whatever, whatever Penguin does, I've yeah. never really seen an impressive comic with him. <laughs> and then, like, I, I figure... That there'll be that first like introduction stage where you finally maybe get to see Smallville again. Okay. Maybe get to see like Superman at his father's grave or at Pa Kent's grave. Uh huh. And you get this introduction stage where you have this love interest here, and then you have the the lone Dark Knight over here. You have this goofy reporter dude over here. You have this menacing, vengeance-seeking detective guy over here. Okay. And I think what they're going to try to express is that Batman has become Batman. He's no longer Bruce Wayne becoming Batman. He mm-hmm. is 
Batman faking Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what they're going to try to pull out. It's a very dark-feeling movie. It's a very dark-looking movie. Yeah. So I think they're going to go with this much more, you know, borderline Batman that always seems to come out with these yeah. storylines that are Batman the, versus Superman. Yeah, the, the, the quintessential Frank Miller Batman, the Dark Knight <laughs> Returns Batman. <laughs> exactly. At the end of his leash, you know, comes back. I, I think... I bet you at the beginning of this movie, Batman's sort of not retired, but kind of inactive. And then seeing, you know, seeing the destruction sort of springs him back into action. Um, Sort of like uh, Batman 3. Exactly. Like Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Yeah. And Dark Knight Rises, I mean, they... Takes up archery. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. I I totally forgot about that. Yeah. but yeah, it's it is it is kind of that that sort of uh, Batman, not not a trope necessarily, but it, but it has been used a lot in Batman stories. Where yeah, like he's he's kind of out of his out of his game now, and then he he steps back in because something crazy happens. Um, yeah. And it, it really is just a very it's an archetypal story anyway. Yeah. Um, and so uh, yeah, I think I think you're right on that. I mean the the world itself I think will be very Frank Miller inspired. Uh, Zack Snyder has said himself that that he you know was reading a lot of Frank Miller um, while while creating this movie. Um, and yeah, I think I think you're you're pretty close on that. I think that in so in my what what I think might happen with this movie is that we get. You know, you start out the movie, Batman's like old, retired, probably some trauma, like his, you know, one of the Robins was killed or whatever. Um, You have Superman and Lois Lane, you know, moved in together or whatever. They're kind of like living their happy little life, working together, all that stuff, being all cute. Um, And uh, and then you have, you know, and like we've seen in the trailers, you have the people who worship Superman and the people who absolutely hate Superman. Exactly. Um, you have Superman that is very, you know, he's he's guilt-ridden. He hates the fact that the city got destroyed, and so now he is bending a knee to the government, or or even bending a knee to what what I really kind of suspect is he bends his knee to Lex Luthor. And I mean, obviously, you you there's even that one picture where he kneels before Lex Luthor and then kind of like looks up at him with that menacing look. Mm-hmm. I think Lex Luthor convinces him, "Hey, you destroyed that city. That is." on you, you that's your fault that, that krypton is ruined it's on nobody else's shoulders but yours i don't care how powerful zod is i don't care what you tried to do to stop him it is on you mm-hmm. if you don't want that to happen again if you don't want more kryptonians to come raining down from the sky if you don't want you know the the rest of the world to basically be destroyed because you can't protect them listen to me and let me help you and i think that's the best kind of role for lex luthor exactly so so superman basically starts out by, by trusting him and putting all of his trust in lex luthor and, and lex has been like look i'm gonna give you these armed troops you know because you see there's that one mm-hmm. scene where they kneel down to him they've got the superman logo on their shoulders i'm gonna give you an army a task force of people who are going to help you respond to things as soon as they happen you know they're they're sort of throughout the city as soon as they see something, they, you know, they have their little, like, Superman watches or whatever, like Jimmy Olsen had, you know, <laughs> that emits that high frequency, <laughs> and calls him to the rescue. And so then Superman comes and, and solves, you know, the, the problem or whatever. And so Lex Luthor, you know, by doing this is basically setting him up to fail. He's, he's not only is he setting him up to fail, but he is controlling Superman. Lex Luthor, when he saw that happen, he goes, that guy is an alien. He is a freak. He does not belong on Earth. He's inhuman. He represents exactly the kind of hindrance that is the worst thing about the society. We have a being that is more powerful than us, so people are going to use him as an excuse. Yes. They are going to basically say, 
they're going to to rid themselves of responsibility for not contributing to a better society because there is a Superman out there. There is a God out there that can do it for them. And that's exactly what they portray him as. And I think a really interesting scene they gave us with the trailer is a scene of the Superman statue. Yes. And I uh, I both have heard and both have had this theory that uh-huh. um, it's very similar to um, – don't want to like – Diminish it in either way, but it's very similar to 9-11. Yes, Where this absolutely. monument, this, this, uh, this remembrance, is built of the rubble. Yeah. And it didn't look like it was perfect marble that they built it out of. So I, I was thinking, you know, like, that's not a, you know, Superman is our savior statue. That is yeah. a, this is the culprit. Remember the day. Yeah. Very much the similar. And I yeah. think... I, like they showed that during like a rioting scene. Uh-huh. Well, like, they showed it. They showed it first as sort of like this this memorial in spotlights, and then it's you know you yeah. see that it's spray painted and, and yeah, defaced the with the false it, yeah. god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so I I uh, I would think that would be sort of the tipping point, the next stage where it's you know this very much of a uh, a big disturbance in the force, you might say. Exactly. Well, and I think I think here you know one one thing that we'll see kind of happen, and and this is I think where Batman comes in is that Luther starts manipulating Superman. He starts using him, and since he has Superman in his employ, he is basically just systematically finding his weaknesses. Well, and if you control a god, won't that make you a god? Exactly. And I think that's going to be the biggest trip for Lex Luthor. Yeah, he's, he's, he's using him. You know, he's, he's controlling him. He's having him do all these things. He is, he is finding his weaknesses. He is basically, you know, making him submit or, or you know, forcing him down because he's controlling him and keeping mm-hmm. him out of his own way, out of, out of Lex Luthor's own way. But then he's also got the corpse of Zod. Mm-hmm. And we, I think that might introduce Go Superboy. Yeah? I think, well, I think it'll be Doomsday at first. But then afterward, it'll be like, oh, what about Project of Connor or whatever? I, yeah, I yeah. don't know what, what, they, what they call it. Um, his Kryptonian name was Con L. I can't remember what they called the project. It was like Project, uh, oh, shit, I, I can't remember. I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be an after credit scene, much like Marvel. Yeah. Or it's just going to be like, oh, well, you know, Doomsday uh, apparently uh, didn't work out so good. They could do a, yeah, like a War of the Superman storyline. Yeah, and, and I think that'll be maybe even one of those two items would be the big Kickstarter. Yeah. Where um, Batman would see maybe on the news, maybe through the Alfred phone or whatever, uh-huh. that he, he's like, oh, there's two of them now? What the heck's going on? And then maybe to set Superman up to fail, he has this side project, whether it be Doomsday or whether it be Superboy, to uh-huh. wreck something up, to blow up, you know, something in Gotham, something something big enough that it would cause much more of these riots. Yeah. Then he would have Superman go in and solve the problem. But it would cause this question. And that's what I think eventually Lex Luthor would want. Controlling a god is nice. Getting rid of a god is better in his mind. Yeah. Because then if he steps in as the guy who got rid of it with that task force You'd be like their Emperor Palpatine. Oh, exactly. Yeah, he's he's becoming endearing to them. And yeah, yeah. I basically think that really the, the crux of this story is going to be, you know, uh, Lex Luthor sends Superman to eliminate Batman. Definitely. This guy this guy presents a threat. You know, he's he's somebody who, like, like maybe Batman foils a couple of Lex Corp plans or something like that. And Luthor goes, um... Get rid of that motherfucker, you know, or like, yeah, well, like try describing Batman without using the phrases Batman or Bat or yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, you, you you're essentially describing a sociopath, exactly, exactly, <laughs> totally. Um, you have a billionaire sociopath going around beating people to death, yeah. And so all Luther right. goes, all right, I'm going to send my god to eliminate this yeah. guy, and then this is how Batman wins. This is how Batman beats Superman. Psychology. 
Batman, Batman basically peels back the curtain from Superman. He goes, are you freaking kidding me? You are letting Lex Luthor control you. This guy is one of the most evil people on the planet, and you are so stupid. You are a god, and you are stupid enough to think that he is of pure intent and that he wants to save the world? You think he wants to use you for good purposes? Let me tell you something. He's got Zod's corpse, and he is experimenting on it to build a super weapon. He, is, he has been taking collections of all of your fights, your DNA, everything to build a weakness against you. He has had his troops monitoring you, recording you, basically making sure that every single move you did went mm-hmm. noticed. They, he knows who you are. He has a target on Lois Lane at all times if he needs to use, you mm-hmm. know, like, how are you this stupid? You are a god. You can see through walls. You can fry things with your hand. You can be anywhere in a second and hear anything. And you are stupid enough to let him manipulate you. Mm-hmm. Peels back the curtain. That's what crushes Superman. Superman comes, chases Batman. Batman's using that big war suit as basically a means of survival so that he can keep talking to Superman. You know, Mm -hmm. Superman can punch this suit, but it's going to take him a while to get through it. And while he's punching that suit, Batman's just going to be ripping into him. Like, are you kidding me? Look at this evidence. You know, like finally, you know, finally Superman realizes exactly what's going on. And that's when he reports back to Lex Luthor. Batman is dead. He says Batman is dead. That's the scene where we have Superman kneeling mm-hmm. to Lex Luthor. And then, you know, Lex Luthor maybe says, you know, like may, maybe Lex Luthor sort of reveals his hand a little bit at this point, or may, maybe he doesn't even. But then we see, you know, that 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 look Superman looks up, you know, and, and is and is about to attack Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Doomsday comes in. Ooh. Doomsday comes in and just, you know, basically giant Superman versus Doomsday fight. Lex Luthor escapes. And then that's when Batman chases after Lex Luthor, because Luthor does still think that Batman's dead. And that would be the trump card. Batman chases after Luthor, and this entire time, Batman has been orchestrating with Wonder Woman. Ooh, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot, or Gal Gadot, actually. I, th- I guess it's pronounced. Oh, well, dang it, she is too Greek. I know. <laughs> um, but we see, so there's that one scene where we see Bruce Wayne and Diana uh, dancing mm-hmm. together. Ooh. So mm-hmm. Bruce and Diana have been talking to each other. Maybe Bruce doesn't even tell Superman that he knows Diana. But, Superman even knows about Diana. Exactly. But while Superman is fighting Doomsday, Batman knows Superman's probably going to lose to this monstrosity. He calls in Wonder Woman and says, look, this is a threat to the planet. Themyscira, no matter, whatever part it is, it doesn't matter. It's not just a threat to man's world. It is a threat to the planet. You need to come help him because there's no way Superman can take him himself. Yeah. You need to come and beat Doomsday with him. And that's how they're going to begin the, uh, the Justice League, exactly. in my opinion. Exactly. Also, to a bit of elaborate on... Uh, you that uh that uh that spoiler alert by the way yeah <laughs> is i think exactly how you said uh batman is going to talk to superman i mean i think batman is wise enough to know like oh there's no brass knuckles in the world that's going to be able to break that yeah i think his strategy is to wait him out to attack his psyche yep i think what's going to be is that i was kryptonite like introduced at all in man of steel um know. yes well no not I don't think- I don't think it was to Superman. Yeah, Kryptonite itself wasn't uh, wasn't introduced. It was like the way that they like thinned out his blood or whatever the crap it was when mm-hmm. he was on their spaceship. Like, like Krypt- Krypton's atmosphere weakened him, basically. Yeah. And I think what's going to happen is that Bruce Wayne, during his whole debate with Superman, mm-hmm. is that eventually what's going to happen is he's going to pull out a chunk of Kryptonite. Superman is going to get weak for a second. It's not going to be like, oh, Superman's going to win now. Mm-hmm. It's like, guess where I got this? Yeah. And that's where, you know, I, I think they've released like a bit of a... A snippet saying, you know, this is where Batman, like, breaks into this. And I, 
Well, because they said there's going to be an appearance of Aquaman in the movie. Yeah. And how I heard that this appearance is going to go down is that Batman's going to be in this Cadmus or something. Yeah, Cadmus. Probably Cadmus. Cadmus yeah. area. And he's going to see the different projects in process. Mm-hmm. He's going to see the kryptonite process and all this other stuff. And that's mm-hmm. where he's going to learn most of his things. Yeah. Also, where you get your um, super sweet freaking... Uh, Aquaman appearance. Yeah, when he like his hand comes up yeah. against the glass or whatever, his fist pounds against the glass. Oh man, I'm so excited for the new Aquaman. Uh, anyway, I am too. And yeah, apparently a flash tease too. Really? Yeah, I oh, heard shoot. that like they're gonna have like a, a a red streak on like a a recording of something or something like that. I hope it's just like playing back and forth so you can yeah. kind of, like. Although at the same time, I feel like I feel like he's got to make an appearance in the movie because they cast him so early. You know what I mean? Flash has been cast now for about a year. Yeah, but in his own show, do you think they'll... No, do... they're, they have a different Flash for the movies. Oh, okay. I was going to say, that'd be really cool if they kept the same Flash. I know, that would that would have been awesome. They should have. Then they just have these scenes where they're like, mm, Superman's calling me again. <laughs> <laughs> Wants to go do some pool. I know, I kind of wish that they had, but then, I mean, the the downside, like, they basically would have had to, like, just, like um, skip a season on the show yeah. in order to let him... They'd have to do like what Walking Dead does. It's a huge, like, eight months hiatuses. Yeah, exactly. So, But I think that is how it's going to go down. I don't think it's going to be these big, huge battles until Lex Luthor's like, mm, I'm in trouble now. Let's go Lord of the Rings on this bad boy and yeah. bust out my, my orc army or my my whatever monstrosity he cooks up. Cause yeah. it, I, well, they have announced that it's going to be Doomsday, correct? Uh, they haven't announced Doomsday, actually. There have been a couple of things that have been slipped out that, that heavily, heavily suggested Doomsday. Uh, I'm really excited for Doomsday. I am, too. My favorite villain, by far, for Superman. Really? Besides Lobo, but that's just because Lobo is just <laughs> ridiculous. Just, his whole concept is just so... I like... I like. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Lobo's great. Um, I like Doomsday when it's associated with Lex Luthor, because Doomsday by himself doesn't really have you know like a motive or anything. It's just a punching machine. But I like it when Lex Luthor is controlling Doomsday and using Doomsday for his own means. Which I think they're, they're will, probably yeah. going to realize. Because I think, yeah, like uh, General Zod, I think his corpse is Doomsday, I bet. Really? I think Zombie Zod is Doomsday. That Luthor experiments on him, reanimates his, his you know, nervous system or That'd whatever. That would be a whole new uh, origin story for Doomsday. I know, it'd be sweet. It'd be an very interesting, very new, yeah. very cool because well, Lex Luthor was connected to the origin of Doomsday uh, originally as well, because he was Doomsday was created by Kryptonian scientists, but then he like you know crashed into the Earth or whatever, or, like was in the center of the Earth, something like that, and then Lex Luthor was the one that sort of awakened him. Ah, something like that. I that story is one that I yeah skimmed through. <laughs> Super interesting villain. We're excited for it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Official statement from TMBC. <laughs> We're excited. Yeah. Anyway, that's I mean that's generally what uh, what we kind of think of of Dawn of Justice. Yeah, and I think everything else will be just a really refreshing take because they have to keep up with Marvel. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean on that note, what do you you know what do you think their best what what do you think their best uh, plan of attack is if if they want to counter Marvel in this superhero genre and establish sort of dominance or 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 keep up or or better them? What do you think the best thing that they can do with their movies? Is? Well. Something else, aside from their movies, is that they're releasing a lot more of these TV shows. You're getting John Constantine. You're getting iZombie. You're getting yeah. these, different, um, these different TV shows where mm-hmm. they can test out who would be successful. Obviously, The Flash, Arrow is being successful. Yeah. So they know who they can introduce if they need to. Mm-hmm. And, so, and then on top of that, I think they're going to have to introduce people very, very quickly. Yeah. And so you have this Batman vs. Superman. We're getting Lex Luthor. We're getting Doomsday. We're getting... Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. We're getting the Batman Flash again. probably. Getting, Aquaman. You're getting like, 
Yeah. All of your team members, except for the Green Lantern, possibly. Yeah. Which I think that's going to be the big motivation oh. of their Justice League. And movie. Cyborg shows up in Batman v Superman as well. Oh. <laughs> I know. I'm excited. Can you reserve tickets? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> I actually, I actually do already have a ticket to Batman v Superman. Wow! Because way I went to, to that that way trailer. To be, way to be rich. Well, I, no, I went to the trailer screening, and anyone that went to the the screening of the trailer that they did in IMAX got a, a free ticket for next year. <sighs> what? I know, and posters. Some friend, man. I know. It was really cool. You should around here. You should have come. I was busy doing important things like. <sighs> Let's move on. (laughs) All right. But I think that's that's going to be their biggest strategy is that they have to because their their heroes are very much more like potent in their identity. Like Superman, the iconic. Everybody knows Superman. Same thing with Batman. Everybody knows Batman. Yeah. And it only goes a little bit further down the chain to bring these like big magnificent seven or eight or however many are going to be on the Justice League. Yeah, yeah. Into the limelight. Like, a lot of people already know about Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, The Flash. Yeah. And I true. think they're doing that because of their TV shows. And Marvel's doing the same thing mm-hmm. with the character The Punisher. Yeah. We're getting John Bernthal, right? Yep. That's John Bernthal, yep. Um, from The Walking Dead to play The Punisher in the Daredevil series. Mm-hmm. And they're testing him out because he had a couple of decently successful movies back in the day. Mm-hmm. But now they're trying to figure out, well, can we have these darker-themed movies mm-hmm. with the Punisher and the Black Widow and a couple of the other characters we want to test yeah. out? And so I think they're having... Test driving on TV. Yeah, they have to do that. Yeah. And it's it's a good idea, man. I mean, because, yeah, The Flash, I don't think they thought The Flash would work, you know, <laughs> for for the movies. And so then they're just like, okay, well, let's let's try it out on this TV show. We've got a slot on the CW to fill. Let's, let's throw them on a TV show. And they're like, oh, holy crap. People love the freaking Flash. Yeah, and I think Let's that's make a because movie. of the supporting characters. Definitely. And I think that he becomes a much more lovable character, and I think that's why they're using a different Flash for the Justice League. They're using a much funnier, much more classic Flash, who is mm-hmm. that more goofball Flash, who yeah. will provide the variety. To- yeah, he's and he's going to be very much younger than the rest of the league. Him and Cyborg are going to be like in their early 20s. Nice. Um, I think Cyborg, the actor that plays Cyborg, I think he's 19 or 20 and the actor that's playing the Flash is like twenty one or twenty two. Dang. So they're they're both very young. Meanwhile, the rest of the Justice League is like in their you know the actors themselves are like in their thirties. You know. Yeah. Um, Distinguished. Yeah. But whereas these two are like kids, basically, they're sort of like I feel like the Flash is almost going to be like that Beast Boy character yeah. to Cyborg. Yeah. You know, where they just kind of like goof off and and oh, have fun. I hope so That'd I really awesome. do too. You get that Teen Titan sort of. Yeah. Well, because even for the for the Flash movie, like the solo Flash movie, the story is being done by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Now, if you don't know their names, those are the guys behind the Twenty One Jump Street movies and the Lego movie. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be funny. So I think that they'll probably introduce him as a funny character in Batman v Superman well, as well. And, and what's interesting is that I didn't know a whole lot about either of these characters. Um, until very, very recently, uh-huh. where, you know, I look at uh, Big Bang Theory's take on uh, Aquaman. He's <laughs> just the joke of the Justice League. Yeah, like, yeah. In my mind, it was always, you know, like, well, Aquaman, obviously, like, once he steps out of the water, he's essentially the cheerleader. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go get him. I can swim really quick. And then you have the Flash. I can run really quick. Mm-hmm. And then he, he, I think they kind of just worked up in my worked up in power level in, in my mind until they were over 9,000, you could say. <laughs> And so, and so you just get to this. Uh, in my mind, I just got to this point where I was like, "Well, let's learn about these characters and figure out who could be the most interesting." And that's what I love about DC characters more than Marvel characters. Because mm-hmm. 
because I think Marvel characters are so much more archetypal, so yeah. much more just, you know, cookie cutter, like, oh, guess who has a healing factor at this guy? Mm-hmm. And I think with DC, they it's much more of a teamwork-oriented thing. It's not just like, oh, we all cover, you know, quadrants of the city and we just do our thing. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, they're, they're one unit. And that's yeah. how they always portray it in the comics, the movies. Yeah. They're fighting one area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think that'll be super interesting. I'm really excited for it. Uh, Cyborg, new to the big screen, new to really anything. He never been outside of comics, correct? Uh, just Besides, in Teen Titans. Just in the Teen Titans, both serious cartoon show and the absolute joke that they have airing now. <laughs> Teen Titans go. Yeah. <laughs> Mixed reactions on that show for sure. Um, yeah, this will be the first live action Cyborg. This will be the first live action movie Wonder Woman. Um, first, uh, first movie Flash. Um, first Aquaman. For, yeah, first Aquaman outside of Smallville. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, and I guess they did Cyborg in Smallville too, but I try to forget about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's go ahead and yeah. edit that out. And I like that they're using, I mean, mostly untested actors. You know, you've got Ben Affleck as Batman, which you know you're either on one side of the fence or the other. Yeah, and. I, I like that, personally. Um, I think he looks the part. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's got something to prove as well. Exactly. And I think that's what's going to give him that performance. Absolutely. I mean, he, he got jacked for it. <laughs> yeah, um, he did. Have you seen the set pictures? Holy freaking crap. <laughs> he's huge. Um, you know, but then Gal Gadot really, I mean, hasn't done a ton. Uh, then nah. Ray Fisher, who literally hasn't been in a movie or a TV show ever. He's a he's a stage actor who's now fresh out of high school. That's Cyborg, right? That's Cyborg. Oh man! And then know his name. Yeah, <laughs> and then Ezra Miller, who's going to be the Flash. Uh, he's been in like two movies. Like There's a lot of Millers on this. I wonder if they're like all came together. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, he's he's the Flash. He's he was in Perks of Being a Wallflower, and then like one other movie. Um, oh really, Perks? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was a good. I mean, he, I think he's a good actor. He was, uh, he was the male supporting character. Kind of, kind of a leap from you know. Yeah, it's very different. <laughs> very different. But I like him. Um, Should be good. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 exciting for sure. So, um, but but moving on from that, uh, we had a we had a new movie come out this last week. Ooh, ooh man, sciencing sciencing our faces off, sciencing the shit out of this. <laughs> The that Martian. Is, that is The Martian. With oh Matt Damon. Gosh. What'd you think of the movie, man? Well, first off, when I first heard about it, it was actually from you. And uh, I looked up the movie, looked up the book. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first thing I saw was a, a little meme that says, uh, how much money is America going to spend to save Matt Damon? Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like the three or four little movies or flicks that he's been in where he has to be the character yeah. that gets saved. Saving it's... Private Ryan. What's what's funny is like look if you look at like he had Saving Private Ryan, we're trying to find Matt Damon. Born Identity, we're trying to kill Matt Damon. Interstellar, we're trying to find Matt Damon. <laughs> and <laughs> and then we're trying to save now, Matt Damon. Yeah, and then and then now in The Martian we're trying to save Matt Damon. Um well and then in Interstellar they were trying to find Matt Damon and then he tries and then they're trying to kill Matt Damon and then he killed Matt Damon and now they're trying to find Matt Damon again. This guy has been all over the spectrum. He really has. America has very mixed feelings about Matt Damon. <laughs> they're, they're, they're very much love-hate. Yeah, we can't decide on Matt Damon, which is really kind of true, I think. I think most people can't decide how they feel about Matt Damon as it's, an actor. It's true. I, I keep mixing uh, Matt Damon up with... Um, oh, this might make me look like an idiot. But, You're fine. Uh, who's the actor who plays in Ted? Oh, Mark Wahlberg. I keep mixing those two up. <laughs> you know what's funny? They actually have a uh, an agreement where if anyone comes up to them and thinks, like if somebody comes up to Matt Damon and says, oh my gosh, Mark Wahlberg, he will sign 
anything as Mark Wahlberg and vice versa. <laughs> they do that all the time. It's hilarious. I thought it was just me. Yeah, no, you're not the only one. It happens all the time, apparently. I was all like, man, Matt Damon has a super range. He can be really funny, and yet he can like beat people up with like a stapler. <laughs> Dang. I know. This guy's incredible. <laughs> as was the movie. As was the movie. Yeah. I, uh, I had to apologize to one of the theater workers on the way out because there were just sweat stains all over my seat. <laughs> I, was, I was in the movie. I felt like afterward... I was um, was gonna be an astronaut. I was like, I know, right? Like uh, space camps and stuff like that. Seriously, you're like, I'm gonna do that now. I was like, man, that looks awesome. Especially if you get a, <laughs> if you could be a uh, Martian road trucker. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Martian road truckers. <laughs> I was looking at that and I was like, that's exactly what he is. I mean, that ghetto freaking rig he's got going it's on. It's true. It was true. Oh man, so cool. Yeah, I mean that movie. First of all, the movie was, and I, I read the book, and the book was, you know, very lighthearted, fun, you know, all that stuff. As was the movie. As was the movie, but only because of his character, which I thought was exactly. extremely well written. Yeah, the character, the character work was amazing. You know, he's just like he's joking the whole time. He's he's really endearing. I mean, they, you know, the the book itself was written very much that way, and then when Drew Goddard adapted it for for screen, I think he he kept. You know, because he adjusted a lot of the dialogue, he but he to. kept the heart of the dialogue, you know, and, yeah. that, and that's what was important is he that's... kept the attitude. Well, and, and it made me want him to be saved. Yeah. You, know, you get a lot of these movies, these horror flicks or whatever, and it's like, I don't care if you get out, you know what? You yeah. Know, it'd be more interesting if you die. Well, yeah, and it's like it's like the, the cabin in the woods thing, you know, they drew, yeah. and actually that's that's Drew Goddard again, that's kind of funny. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. Drew Goddard and Joss Whedon, they made that movie because it's like, yeah, we're going to take this basically oh i hate these characters and i actually don't care if they die it'd be more interesting if they died and then oh my gosh this is the most interesting sequence of death scenes i've ever seen in my life you know like <laughs> and that and that you know and that was kind of the point is they made the antithesis of of horror movies for that reason that it's like oh yeah i do not care about these characters um and and we're gonna basically follow every horror trope ever <laughs> you know and uh and that like and that that's exactly it and i think Obviously, since Drew Goddard did make that movie, he totally understood that yes, in this, where he's yeah. like, people, you know, people, if, if for this movie to work, they want him, they need to want him to be saved. They're not just going to watch it for the spectacle of, oh, yeah, he's on Mars and all that. They need to, for this to, to be. CGI is cool and all that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, CGI is cool, but they got to love the character. Yeah. Especially was, when it's, he's the only one you're watching yeah, for 75% of the that movie. That is a ton of screen time. Like, I think, oh, if I. I saw something that broke it down. I think, like, he had an hour and a half screen time. Wow. Which, like, that was alone screen time. It's insane. That was him just, like, milling around with random yeah. stuff they had. Monologuing. Half of it being CGI. Yeah. So, I mean, that had to be some spot-on acting from Mr. Damon. Seriously. No, he's... I mean, Matt Damon, and I've, I've kind of always felt like this, like, Good Will Hunting is one of my favorite movies of all time, so I've kind of always had a soft spot for Matt Damon. Um... But he, yeah, he, I mean, he, I think he's a, a better actor than most people give him credit for, you know? And Definitely. I think this movie showed it because, yeah, he can be funny. Oh, yeah. He can, he can really make you almost want to cry. Yeah, in some of the scenes in The Martian, I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, you're fine. But there are certain scenes in The Martian where things go wrong or initial, <laughs> initial hopefulness is diminished. Yeah. Where you just feel so bad. Oh, I know. You just really just, oh, my gosh, please, no more, no more. And it was funny because when I saw the movie... It was in a packed theater at like eight o'clock at night for my brother's birthday, <laughs> and this lady sitting next to me like just kept like freaking out every yeah. time stuff happened. She would like cover her face and no, 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 no. And at one part of the movie, I had to like put my hand on her armrest and be like, "It's okay, it's just a movie." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calm down. It's, it's a movie. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. 
Yeah, I man, and I what I like is that it seems as if the the genre of a space epic is really coming back. You know, last year yeah. we had we had Gravity and then Interstellar, and I mean Gravity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, it's like Gravity is one of those movies that you watch for the visuals, and the story itself was just really bland and and cookie cutter and kind of. Her dialogue consisted of like clip art from a porno. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I know that the dialogue in that movie really bugged me. Her like gasping and moaning all movie long. <laughs> she spun continually into orbit, getting massive. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean like we, we had gravity then interstellar and interstellar did really well. So, you know, super well received. And now the Martian, like it's, I, I, I'm, I'm really loving the trend, man. You know, like space movies, space movies, are the best dude, Especially, especially movies like this, where it kind of centers around you know NASA and around real yeah. science, you know, and like, that's the best part about The Martian is that most of that stuff in that show was not you know Hollywood. That was that was a real stuff yeah. that the author actually like studied out and with yeah. his degree in what was it now? Like he he actually has a degree in in um, computer science, which was is kind of funny, but he. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> I know he will, but he did tons of research and he had all of his, his facts were actually checked by not only like, you know, botanists, but also, um, you know, this, like, uh, astronauts and people at NASA, you know, like it, like it, it all does check out, you know, you'll like people like Neil deGrasse Tyson have, have talked a lot about it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, and he was, he was tweeting the crap out of it, you know, like, um, but yeah, it's been cross-examined a lot and like really the only big and like not even inaccuracy, but the only, the big gaping hole that, that was noticed is that there are thunderstorms on Mars. So rather than like for the, you know, inciting incident of having, you know, him thrown away by a storm or whatever, they could use, and like the storm itself was like sort of one of those things where it's like, well, theoretically it could have possibly happened, but like there's, it's not really like that, that part of the inciting incident itself not super solidly founded. Mm-hmm. And so the author, Andy Weir, when he talks about it, he's like, I actually found out after already publishing the novel that there are lightning storms on Mars and I could have just had them struck by lightning, you know, like true. <laughs> instead that'll roast your systems up for sure. Yeah. And so, but, but really million volts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, really. I mean, other than that, it, it was, it was super, super accurate, you know, and it's, it's, it's yeah. awesome to, to see that Eerie. kind of thing. And it was funny. I was uh, I was looking on the chive the other day, and um, apparently a lot of people are thinking that was a real story. I know. I saw that. <laughs> that is so hilarious. <laughs> so many like forty <laughs> plus memes, tweets, whatevers of people just like was that real stuff? Yeah. Like yeah, we sent a freaking man to Mars. Nobody heard of that. By yeah. the way, <laughs> nobody heard that there was a cross national crisis going on. <laughs> freaking idiots. Like, you wouldn't know if that was a real story. Come on. And the best part was, for me, I don't want to sound sexist, but it was it seemed to be a woman for the vast, vast majority of the time. Yeah. Which I don't know why that was so important to me, but at the same time, it was just like, huh. Do it, they, is, it is odd. Do, do, they, do they just care about the character more than we do? Do they just, like, really sympathize with Matt Damon because he is such a good actor? Maybe it is Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon magic. <laughs> But I just, oh my gosh! I guess that's really the the testament to how good it really was. Yeah, absolutely, fantastic is, movie. Is uh, just I spot think, on stuff happening these these days. Oh yeah, I think this is my favorite. You know, like space sci fi since since freaking two thousand one, a space odyssey or Ooh. Interstellar. I like this movie even more than either of those. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a pretty high list. 
It is. And it, it, I all mean, and they all kind of do follow a, a very similar theme of, you know, like that weird, like exploring a new part of space and then like finding something you didn't plan on. And, you know, like that whole gosh darn Star Trek. Yeah, See, I know. Seriously. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, in, in, in the vein of, uh, of space movies, we talked a little bit about Star Wars earlier, but I kind of want to, you know, and, and briefly, t- you know, we, we don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but uh, I kind of wanted to know. You know, we're both pretty big Star Wars fans, right? You know, I mean, decent. I mean, I'm sure we're not the biggest Star Wars yeah, fans yeah. in the world, but I mean, we're both Star Wars fans. Those are those partly our generation. Yeah, sort and of. I mean, the prequels were definitely our generation for for better or for worse. Yeah. They were they were definitely a part of our generation. Part of the time, I don't want to count it. I know, seriously. <laughs> um, but so now with with Disney's Star Wars plan, they what their plan is is to release a Star Wars movie every year. So mm-hmm. they have, you know, they're switching off between the main, you know, uh, the main, main storyline, story line, yeah, with episodes 7, 8, and 9. And then every other year they're going to be doing an anthology movie starting with Rogue One. Um, the other two that, or the other ones that have been rumored is a Boba Fett movie, possibly Boba Fett slash Han Solo. Ooh. And also an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Dang. Following now. between the two trilogies. Now there's so much content with all of these premises characters teams mm-hmm. there's so much out there for those of you who don't know a lot about the star wars universe there's actually two franchises of star wars there's the movies of lucas films yep that control the major canonized version of star wars and then there's the expanded universe yes so if you ever wanted to waste like 17 years of your life there's a lot of literature for you <laughs> and it's and it's just amazing some of the writing is so well done some of the characters are so fascinating. Some of the things just really explain major parts of the Star Wars universe. Absolutely. And a lot of these new films have bought out some of these actors' works, so, um, some of these authors' works. Mm-hmm. And so you have a lot of this awesome content that could be coming to oh, yeah. the storyline, which would be amazing, which would be incredible. And then to Boba Fett, who has so much yep. content of both his explorations, his adventures, yeah. his redemptions even. Yeah, well, in between, I mean, between the books, between the comics, you know, like, and even the video games, there's so much Boba Fett stuff that's so been put much. out there. <laughs> Star Wars thirteen thirteen. I mean, just... Yeah, oh, yeah. Which, uh, I hear they're, they're uh, getting back on that train. Well, I, I hope, hope so. so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um... But yeah, and I mean, and that's the thing too is that since they since they basically decanonized the entire EU expanded mm-hmm. universe when when Disney bought them, what they can do now is really pick and pull and and yeah. grab things from those stories yeah. and take like three books, consolidate them into one movie, and and put it out there. Yeah, you know, and, and take out the things that they don't like or whatever, and not have to worry. Exactly, and, and I think that's right going to be really big with the um, Obi Wan movie if that turns out to be a thing. Definitely, there's so much more that. <laughs> That Obi-Wan killed, I should say, not done. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it seems like as you go back, Obi-Wan is the one who killed Darth Vader. Obi-Wan was the one who, you know, put down Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Obi-Wan was the one who killed Grievous. Yeah, I know. I mean, that list goes on so much more. Obi-Wan's kind of a, a pro-mercenary. Yeah. <laughs> for for that lightsaber being blue, it sure ought to be red. I know, I really should. Like, he's, he's a bit bloodthirsty for a Jedi. <laughs> oh, Owen. <laughs> but I mean... So with with all those movies that we're getting, as far as you know, continuing the Star Wars because I mean you know Disney wouldn't have spent that kind of money on it if they were, if they went oh yeah we're going to do three films and then we're done or six films and then we're done they're going to keep going past the, Probably, past the trilogy most likely. So if you were to look at because with especially with the anthology they're they're really going for any period of time in the Star Wars universe maybe yeah. they'll even go back to the Old Republic, um, oh. which would be so sweet. 
I hope that's like the uh, the 10, 11, and 12. Yeah. Just, you know, another blast of the past. Oh, and they're so like, cool. check out this super cool star. And like, that'd be so awesome. Oh. Um, I really hope they do. Um, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm honestly sure it's only a matter of time. Because um, be. eventually they'll get to the point where like, okay, fine, we've already done every other character, we'll, well do them. Well, essentially there's there there's the expanded universe, and then there's like the other half of that universe, which is the Old Republic. Yeah, there's so much Old which Republic. Is a totally uncanonized version of history that George Lucas wrote out yeah. in order to set up Emperor Palpatine and the Sith Empire I know. that exists. So it's out there, like they have notes of it, and yeah. they could definitely use it. And then they have the games from it. They have the literature the comics from it all and they can because they own the rights to all of it they don't publish it anymore yeah. but they don't they own the rights like they can they can pull from whatever the hell they want to they can do whatever they want yeah and then they have a lot of those actors on staff or a lot geez a lot of those authors on staff. yeah oh exactly oh yeah they've been using a lot of them um but yeah i mean if if there were a a character or or storyline or any anything from star wars that you've read seen anything like that that uh you know that they were to possibly make into a into a movie what would you want to see this may be the most cliche and obvious answer of all time <laughs> but uh i would want to see a oh, i cannot remember his last name right now that is that is pathetic but uh he is the protagonist from the jedi outcast game oh. kyle kyle F, katarn I, kyle katarn kyle katarn okay and uh his storyline is both the most fascinating and the most like filling on like history and his his kind of balance between the force would just really unlock a lot of new potential for the star wars universe Uh uh-huh plus his character is so interesting so much like we've talked about with that matt damon acting that very much you know he's so entertaining yeah so much so that he has a lot of these books where he is the only real character in the book as he's going around doing his stuff which you know is interesting on its own yeah but Still pretty cool stuff that could happen with Cal Katarn. Yeah. Another one is they actually picked a real character for the bad guy in number seven, Mr. Kylo Ren. Ooh. So I don't want to look up anything about Kylo Ren, but I have heard his name a lot. I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a, there's a reason he has that cross guard. Let's just say that. Yeah. That is a awesome lightsaber design. That is, that is actually a, ba- a blast from the Old Republic back when they were way more warlike. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Kylo Ren is uh, is about. capable of. Yeah, I mean, just just some of the things he's been involved with. Like, I think there is a, a title out there that says "The Jedi Massacre," and that's one of the Kylo Ren stories. <laughs> like, that's all we need to know. Yeah, I and and that's the thing with like so. And this this is going to sound really mean, but it's it's intended very nicely. Adam Driver, who's playing Kylo Ren. I love him as an actor. He has a really good voice. He's got really good physical presence. I hate his face. That's why I think of him the mask. <laughs> exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. It's like I really hate looking at his face, but I love him as an actor. And so now that they've covered it up with a mask, I'm like, perfect. His physicality and his voice are amazing. And now I don't have to look at his face when I see him. I, talk. Hope, I hope this gets tagged like Kylo Ren, and I hope he finds it. <laughs> And I hope he just gets to this portion. And he's like, I Jason. hate them. Yeah. I hope he just hears Jason. I hate your face. I know. <laughs> then it, yeah, I, I freaking, I would hate that. Because, yeah, I mean, he's a great guy. I just don't like his face. I'm sorry. There was like a rumor for a little while that he was going to be cast as Dick Grayson. And I was like, oh, please, no, please, no, please, no. They're going to need a bigger mask. I know. Gonna, yeah, like, it's just going to look weird. Um, but, yeah, I, I love the idea of him as Kylo Ren. I'm, I'm so excited. Oh, man. If I, so many good things happening. Yeah. 
Well, if so, if if there were a storyline that uh, that I would want to follow and really delve into more in the movies, it would be the um, the the five hundred first Legion. Ooh, that is actually a really interesting story. Like we talked about Battlefront, mm-hmm. Battlefront Two actually created that canonized now canonized troop of soldiers. Yeah, it did, and that's how much real power the video game industry has. Especially and with the five hundred first, that's you know that's a long standing group. And for those of you who don't know, the five hundred first is Vader's personal legion of around a thousand troopers that are the most fearsome, the most bloodthirsty killers. Yeah. led and trained by Mister Captain Rex. Yeah, freaking oh, at, dude. at first, at first, Captain when, Rex. Honestly, like if the, if I were to pick any any Star Wars character that was my favorite or that I would want to write about, it'd be freaking Captain Rex. He's a badass. Which he was created in the the <clears throat> Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. Yeah. yeah, I love Clone Wars. You're yeah. you're you're a little indifferent, but I love Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a great series up until that last like two episodes where it was just like everything just got shut down. Yeah, we have to like resolve every plot hole ever. We, you and I actually saw Clone Wars together in the theater when they premiered, didn't we? Yeah. Huh, that's Yet funny. again, way to make me feel old. I know, more Star Wars stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um, but yeah, I think Captain Rex is um, definitely being explored with the new uh, Rebel Season 2. Yeah. And, oh my gosh. And so I think they're going to back off of him, but I think other people that they're going to make that are way interesting as well, they've already kind of announced that they're going to be doing this with the Chrome Trooper. Is the uh, oh the, Captain Phasma? Mm-hmm. With, I and and that's the idea of a um, stormtrooper commandos. Yep. Way more powerful. Way more just interesting people who provide a lot more plot to the Star Wars universe. A lot more humanity to the seemingly faceless peons of the stormtroopers. Yeah. I think what was interesting is that they also expressed that there's for the first time a black stormtrooper. Yeah. Well, and you've got well because you've got you've got. Uh, I mean, it's really the first time we've seen a stormtrooper's face. Period. Yeah. Well, so you've got John Boyega, who's who's playing, and we still don't know a lot about that character. I don't about know, his I don't, character. I don't know his name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his name is Finn. Ah, way to way to be original. Yeah. John John Boyega plays Finn, and then is, uh, is he is he Finn Ryder? <laughs> is he Flanagan Ryder? Does he have a chameleon? <laughs> That is such a weird reference. <laughs> Hashtag tangled. Jeez. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so so yeah, you've got Finn, and then you've got Gwendolyn Christie playing Captain Phasma. Like this whole, like it, it's blowing my mind the awesome things that they're doing with the new universe. I, I can't wait to see so much more of this explored and like what both of their history is. You know, like. Well- and something that they brought up, sorry to cut you off, but this You're is fine. something really exciting, mm-hmm. is um, they brought up Luke's um, continued lineage. Yes. And this was released in the second trailer they gave us, the one with the crashed, uh, the crashed uh, Star Destroyer. Yes. And it's where uh, Luke explains that the Force is strong with his family, with Darth Vader himself, mm-hmm. and then now you and his sister. I, I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. And so I think what they're going to bring out is Jason Solo. You think they'll do Jason Solo? I think that's going to be their end game because really? think about it. If they're if they're doing a what 30 40 year gap, uh-huh. I think that's already going to be an established possibility. Okay. They're going to have the children and then they're going to have to at least nod towards Jason Solo. In my opinion, one of the most presence heavy yeah antagonists ever in the whole Star Wars expanded universe. I mean, he's been used like twice as many yes. as any other villain besides like Yeah. 
Boba Fett or Darth Maul. No, I I like Jason Solo's character arc. I I really do. Um, I so in my opinion, and that's the thing is we we basically have nothing to go off of yet. Um, yeah. But I think that speculation uh, is fun. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that uh, that the that girl is uh, is going to be the the new Skywalker. She's Jason Solo. No, <laughs> no, I, I think that she'll be the the descendant. You know, yeah. either Luke's kid or Leia's kid. Well, she definitely gets a lot of cover time. Yeah, so she I plays uh, Ray. You know, and I mean she she so fits the type as far Finn as Ray. No, just Ray. No, no, but Finn and Ray. Finn and Ray. Yeah, Adventure Time. I know. <laughs> um. <laughs> But I mean, she as far as her her appearance, she fits the bill for what you would expect a Han Solo princess, you know, Han Solo yeah. and Princess Leia kid to look yeah. like. Also, so she's I'm on like, Tatooine, so it has to, you know, something has and to. She's happen. on Tatooine, so she's already, you know, on the path to being a hero. Apparently, yeah, she's she's already exactly where Luke and Anakin both started. So she has to be a Skywalker, in my opinion. That's like, yeah, that's that's, uh, that's the trope. That's, that's yeah, the necessity. If you're from if you're from Tatooine and you end up being in a Star Wars movie, you're you're a Skywalker. It's easy. Yep. Um, done, <laughs> done. Yeah, and so I I don't know, man. There, I would I would love for that to be what happens, but I guess really only time will yeah. tell. I mean, if they do that, that's going to be movie nine for sure. That's going to be kind of what they build up to. That's going to be the big shabam. Yeah. Because I don't imagine they're going to do another massive Star Wars. Like, when they bring in a different alien race from the ECU, I think it's going to be something much more personal. Yeah, I do too. the introduction of Kylo Ren. Mm. Can't wait. <laughs> so excited. Well, and even, apparently they've said Kylo Ren is a title. Ooh. Really now? Yes. Not a name, but a title. Somewhat like Darth Vader or Darth Sidious or whatever. Way to be awesome, Star Wars. So. That changed my entire perspective. So, and now that you, you oh. mentioned Jason Solo. Oh, oh no. Uh, I don't like that look on your face. That is just awesome. Adam Driver also fits the bill for what you would expect a Han Solo Princess Leia child to look like. And that would make sense because there are no more Sith, technically. And what Jason no Solo Sith. does, for those who don't know, Jason Solo explores all the different factions of the Force. Because it turns out in the ECU is that, or in the e, EU, sorry. EU, yeah. Wow, sorry. I was That's about okay. DC Universe. <laughs> Dang it. It's all right. And he, there's, there's so many more than just the Sith and the Jedi. There's all these different like gray area factions. And uh-huh. he explores them all, and he eventually comes to the conclusion that there has to be evil. Yeah. And he considers himself to be the one who can handle it. And he calls himself, that might be what Kylo Ren actually means, he calls himself the balance. Mm. Taking upon him the kind of, like, idea of Anakin Skywalker and Luke Skywalker to balance the Force. And let's be honest, I mean, if there's no bad, should there be good? Yeah. So. I, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm really liking the idea that maybe that, Kylo Ren is Jason Solo. Well, gee, man, maybe we should just start putting spoiler alerts on all our stuff. Right? Jeez. That'd be cool. I know. What if New this brand, actually ends up being alert. true? Like, we're probably off base, but what if this all ends up being true? Like, everything that we've said in this entire episode. You get contacted by Lucasfilms, you bastards. I know. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, like, that's the thing. Is there's so much. That's the, the, the great thing about these huge properties. It's kind of like in, in Grant Morrison's Batman run. He explores this a little bit with um, Bruce Wayne being Batman. He basically approached it as, like, on the internet, so many people are speculating who Batman is that even the people who have it right aren't being heard because it's like everybody and their dog has a Batman theory. Yeah. 
And so I think it's kind of the same with this, where like everyone has a theory on what they're doing with the new Star Wars or Batman v Superman or whatever. So at this point, sure, a lot of people might have gotten it right, but it doesn't matter because there's Just so yeah, there's so much noise that it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And so I mean. I think, you know, we're probably off base, but I mean, it would be kind of cool if we were right on some of this. <laughs> so, I guess, much, so much to have uh, spoken to of tonight. We have to at least gotten one thing right. Yeah, I guess only I time hope. will tell. Um, so uh, before we before we send this off into the stratosphere, um, I think uh, you had a, a little bit. So uh, I guess there there have been some some recent announcement from uh, from Fallout. Ooh, so from Bethesda. From Bethesda, they've released a few new things about the Titan that is going to come to the console. And a few of the biggest things that I'm excited for is that they're redoing most every combat feature. And this was announced through Todd Howard to through Todd Howard's like marketing team, I guess. And what they said is that you may have played in DC, you may have played in Vegas, but this isn't are like they they basically said that then they said you know this isn't Kansas anymore this isn't okay this isn't Fallout anymore is yeah, essentially yeah. what they said and they gave us a brief clip where if you don't know in Fallout games past you could press a button that you could be able to aim at certain body parts while uh-huh. the game was paused uh-huh. no longer does that happen so as this massive creature with a chainsaw is rushing you you have very very little time to actually use any tactics so it makes the game so much more pressured. No more are those stop motion, you know, sort of like, oh, what am I going to do? Let's, mm-hmm. let's pause the game for a minute. No, it's still going to kill you just in slow motion, oh. which is twice as terrifying. Yeah. And so they removed that. And then also in New Vegas, they introduced something called hardcore mode. Okay. Something that has not been confirmed, I know of, is something that kind of umps the ante on that mm. to where you can now have a lot more negative repercussions. Okay. Which, you know allow your character to both have a little bit more character now that you have a, you know, a spoken protagonist, mm-hmm. but it makes the game so much less of, you know, just you wandering around killing everything. It's now you like, do I want to go in there? I don't think I have the supplies to go in there. And I think that's something they lost along the way in the original black Isle versions of fallout one, two and brotherhood of steel. Mm-hmm. The game was so much more survival based. And so the biggest thing that I'm excited for about, um, fallout four is that they have announced that they're redoing the character creation. So in times past, you would pick your perks, you'd pick your, you know, your starting attributes. But they have announced that they're changing that. So that could potentially change the entire gameplay of the game. And also the big announcement is that those arcade classics of Donkey Kong and um, I think it's called Meteorite on the Atari. Okay. They uh, they apparently got Fallout eyes, and now you can find these copies of little cool arcade games in the <laughs> in the game, and you can plug them into your little Pit Boy, and just take a squat from uh, killing real monsters to uh, defeating. I think it's called the Red Menace. Is the adaptation of Donkey Kong? Okay, and it's just, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's just really <laughs> also on also but unconfirmed is that you can find other like. Um, music clips because mm-hmm. the big complaint that I personally have with Fallout is there's only really like four or five songs that you can listen to on the radio. Okay. So now, as you're going around killing mutants, it's like, mm, but there is that Elvis album out there that I'm going to try to find. <laughs> so imagine this. That's... You come in covered in like this massive power armor, uh-huh. blasting some Elvis music while you're fighting these crazy <laughs> irradiated zombies. Like, does That's that incredible. not just make the... 
make your night. <laughs> that, that really, that is pretty awesome, actually. Ain't nothing but a hound dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, I'm really excited for it. I, you know, I mean, you know me, I'm not like the world's biggest gamer, but, uh, but shame on you. It does. It does sound really cool. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I think we're, we're about up on time. Um, but really quick, uh, you know, for people who have been listening to both of our TMBC podcasts so far, uh, the Savage Land and then this podcast itself, TMBC, um, We've got a lot of exciting things coming in the future. Uh, Josh is definitely going to be um, kind of a regular across the TMBC network or TMBC productions. Um, when I'm not muted. Yeah, when, when he's not muted. Um, <laughs> but stay tuned on, you know, on thatmightbecool.com, on uh, any of our social networks at That Might Be Cool, uh, and you'll, you'll see a lot of announcements because we do have some seriously cool stuff coming in the future. Um, you know, our, our YouTube page will be uh, will be getting some cool stuff and, and some awesome things running on there. Um, but as well as some some other podcasts that will be announced for the network uh, pretty soon. Um, and even actually a, a bit of a change in formatting for how we record our shows. Um, so stay tuned. Uh, you'll definitely be hearing more of Josh. You'll be hearing more of me. Um, and there'll be some exciting changes coming. Um, but uh, other, other than that... Uh, Make sure you follow us on social networks at That Might Be Cool. Go to thatmightbecool.com. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Any last words, Josh? Stay classy, nerds. All right. We'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs>